You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. share what God has done in changing your story, and it kind of just has a rippling effect where you begin to just speak hope and life and encouragement into other people, and it kind of really begins to shift and to change their story uh, as well. Again, you know, thank you so much. Um, You know, there's just a lot of Sundays, really, that it feels like pastor appreciation um, to me. Um, We really do have a very kind, uh, just a awesome congregation. Um, You are a privilege to serve um, and just love being here. And so uh, I do appreciate the extra attention uh, to that this morning. But again, we really feel your appreciation. And I think I do speak on behalf of all the pastors that we just feel greatly appreciated, um, you know, pretty much every Sunday. Um, It was really interesting uh, this morning as I was uh, in... uh, reading uh, in, in the Word this morning, um, I had left off yesterday with First Peter chapter 4, so uh, today I picked up with First Peter chapter 5, and I didn't know this until I kind of got reading it uh, this morning, but it's really Peter's exhortation to the elders who were the pastors, um, and there he just says, therefore I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elders, so this is kind of pastor to pastor, He said, and and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, nor yet is lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And that's really, our, our heart is, is that above and beyond all else, we just hope that it is our goal, our desire to be an example of what Jesus, uh, you know, calls us to be, who Jesus is. That when you look at us, that, that you see something of Jesus in us, in our words, in our actions, is really what he's He's talking about here. And he said, and when the chief shepherd appears, that's the big guy, uh, the Lord Jesus, he said, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. And as I kind of read that this morning, I thought, now that is the ultimate pastor appreciation. It is. It is. And, and, and there's, you know, and there are promises like this for all of us. Revelation says, be faithful unto life. And are unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. You know, we get the crown of glory as pastors. You get the crown of life for being faithful unto death. So there, there are just some incredible promises that God has for us um, in, in whatever role we're being called to play. And so, again, uh, thank you so much for that. And, again, I, I am so reminded um, as, as I read this, again, of just our... Um, exhortation from the Lord that we really are here to serve well. 
um, to be a servant. Because that's what Jesus did best. He said, I didn't come to be served. He said, I came to serve. And so it really is out of that heart that as pastors, I believe we are called and desire is to be a servant um, unto you just as Jesus was uh, to those that he came to serve uh, as well. So again, thank you very much um, for uh, this morning. And again, we just thank you because I, you guys make it like this pretty much every Sunday uh, for us. So let's just bow for a word of prayer. Father, we just ask, Lord, that you just come now. Lord, through the worship this morning, Father, we just have called upon your presence. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that you enter in through the praises of your people. That, God, there is just a coming of yourself among us, God, that is just a natural outflow of worship. So this morning, we just recognize your presence is here and Father, I would just ask, God, that you would, again, just begin to move uh, in just some miraculous, I, I would call forth signs and wonders in this place this morning as just evidence of your power and your presence among us this morning. And Jesus says, he went forth and just preached the word that, God, oftentimes you would acknowledge the authority, the preaching of the word through signs and wonders and miracles. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that you desire to continue to pour out those signs, those wonders, those miracles upon your people even today. So Father, we just thank you that you are good. We thank you, Father, that every good and perfect gift flows from you. It comes down from heaven. And Father, this morning we just call forth those good and perfect gifts. Father, we call forth salvation this morning for those who are lost. Father, we call forth healing for those who are in sickness and disease this morning. Father, we call forth faith for those who maybe are in a place of doubting this morning. Father, we just again call forth again new tongues. We call forth the prophetic in this place. Father, we call forth the discerning of spirits. God, we pray, Lord, that you would just come and by the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit, that God, you would just begin to move among your people. That God, we want your power, your presence to be manifest in this place. God, we are not content with just good worship and a good word. God, we long for, we desire your presence in this place. So Father, we invite you to come and God, just begin to move. Begin to meet needs in this place, Father. Again, as evidence of your power, your presence among us. So Father, we come with expectant hearts this morning. And Father, we thank you that you are with us at all times. And Father, I just ask right now, Lord, open the eyes of our heart, open the eyes of our understanding, Father, as the word comes forth this morning, that, Father, it would fall on good soil. Father, we pray as that seed of your word finds good soil this morning, God, that it's just going to begin to bring forth a great harvest, 30, 60, 100-fold, Father. We call that forth this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, a couple of weeks ago, I began a new series. We've been looking kind of again at the names of God and what those different names uh, represent. They're the names by which God reveals himself to us. And in those names that God reveals to us, he's telling us something about his nature. 
He's telling us something about his character. He's telling us something about his attributes. He's kind of describing to us the, his immense worth. Now, some say, why is it important to know the different names of God? Why not just call him God? Well, Proverbs 18.10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Psalm 124 verse 8 says, our help is in the name of the Lord. Now, what you'll discover as we are going to go through these different names of God, that God will use specific circumstances or situations or events as kind of vehicles through which he kind of brings forth a new revelation concerning his infinite being. So, for example, let me just kind of give you an example of where we're going to be going here in the next couple of weeks. The name Jehovah Jireh. And again, we translate that. That's one of the names of the Lord that we translate as the Lord is our provider. And this name of God is specifically for the first time, it is revealed to Abraham in Genesis chapter 22. Now again, you have to kind of get into the story and to understand the context of the story what is happening in here that causes God to reveal himself for the first time as Jehovah Jireh? Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the name God, Elohim, as we find that in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God, in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. And we kind of began to talk about what that name meant. And just by the very context of it, what we discover is that name Elohim in the Hebrew, it talks of a God who creates, which would make sense because in the first couple chapters of Genesis, it's all about the creation of God. That he's also a covenant maker. And, and we see that. Um, so we kind of talked about how God used the context of creation to reveal himself to us as Elohim. So there's a context here. There's a story. There's an event happening here by which God takes uh, the occasion of that event to say, I am not only Elohim. The God who creates, the God who is in covenant. I am also Jehovah Jireh. I am a God who provides. And so he kind of begins to just peel back more and more the layers of his infinite being. And so he is doing this in Genesis chapter 22. He's kind of peeling back uh, another layer of his infinite being. And he's kind of adding to that what we already know concerning the name Elohim. Now, the context in Genesis chapter 22 is God is about to reveal himself to Abraham in this new way. And so God is going to set up a context in which he's able to take advantage of this situation and he's going to reveal something new about his nature, his character, his attributes to Abraham. And what is happening is, if you're familiar with Genesis 22, Abraham finally has his son of promise through Sarah, Isaac. And in the course of time, God calls Abraham to take his son to a mountain, and he's going to offer him as a burnt sacrifice. 
And it says in Genesis chapter 22, verse 2, this is God speaking to Abraham. He says, take now your son, your only son, whom you love. Now, what's interesting about this is, is God is kind of beginning to say, um, there's going to come a time, Abraham, where I am also going to do what I'm calling you to do. There is a time, Abraham, coming where I am going to take my son, my only begotten son, and I am going to ask him to lay down his life for the world. So there's just a very, very beautiful parallel here in what God is doing with Abraham. He said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains on which I will show you. So Abraham, out of obedience, Abraham just goes forth with his son Isaac. When they reach their destination, the Bible says Abraham builds this altar. He's kind of arranging the wood. It's interesting as you read through that story, as they're kind of on their way, Isaac kind of notices, hey, Dad, we've got the fire. We got the wood. Where is the lamb? And he just kind of says, oh, God will provide. So he's kind of building up to this uh, as they're making their way. And when they get there, they kind of get everything arranged. Um, And then it just kind of says that, Abraham bound his son Isaac and lays him on top of the altar, on top of the wood. And just as Abraham is about to take his knife and slay his only son, God stops him. And there in Genesis chapter 22 verse 12, God says, Do not stretch out your hand against your son. And do nothing to him. Now the difference here is, is on Calvary, God is not going to stop it. Here, God stops it. He says, for I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked and behold, behind him, a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham, now that's that's the story, that's the context. And Out of that, Abraham says he called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. Why? Because God revealed himself as a provider. God revealed himself as a provider of the sacrifice that was necessary. And this was not not the first time God was going to do this. As I said earlier, this is a beautiful leading up to what God is going to do with his one and only begotten son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord is my provider. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. So through that incident, through that circumstance, and what's interesting is if you read in the book of Hebrews... Abraham had the kind of faith, I know some people kind of think, man, what would, what would have happened if Abraham had gone through with that? Well, Abraham's faith in God was such at that time, he was willing to obey and he would have gone through sacrificing his son. Now, why? 
What was his faith? His faith was that even if it went that far, he truly believed God would raise Isaac from the dead. That's what Hebrew says. That's the kind of faith Abraham had at that time. That, to me, is just incredible. So anyway, it is through that incident, that circumstance, that situation, that God reveals himself to Abraham as a provider. So one of the things, again, that we can take away from this revelation that God has given to Abraham as Jehovah Jireh is any time we find ourselves in a place where we need provision, where we have a need, we can specifically use this name, Jehovah Jireh, because he has revealed himself to us as one who is our provider. He will provide for our needs. The Apostle Paul, he kind of affirms this in Philippians 4.19. And he says, and my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So he's giving us that name there in Genesis 22. Paul kind of picks up on that and just says he was Jehovah Jireh then. He is Jehovah Jireh now. He will be Jehovah Jireh in days to come. So again, that's the beauty of the names of God is when you begin to see these various names, what you're able to do is to kind of begin to look at what is my need? What is my issue? What is the circumstance? Is there a name by which God reveals himself in that context? Because I would say to you, that is the name you call upon. So again, whenever you have a need, whenever there, it, you need a provision in your life, I would say to you, call upon the name Jehovah Jireh. Because he is my provider. And that's, again, the importance of the name. So in Psalm 124 verse 8 says, our help is in the name of the Lord. Any help, any area in your life where God has revealed himself through a specific name that corresponds or kind of lines up with that, we just begin to call forth or we call upon that particular name. So this morning, if you're here and as we've Spoken healing over your body. You can just call upon Jehovah Rapha. If you're here this morning and have sickness, don't call upon Jehovah Jireh. Use the name that corresponds with your need. If, you're, if there's needing uh, for healing in here, we call upon the name Jehovah Jireh. Because this is the name of the Lord, our healer. If you're here this morning and, and you need peace in your life. How many of you need peace in your life this morning? There's a name of God for that. It is Jehovah Ra. The Lord is my shepherd. So when you're needing uh, peace, or, or I'm sorry, uh, Jehovah Shalom, uh, is the, the, uh, the Lord is my peace. Um, so if you're needing peace in here, you specifically call upon Jehovah Shalom. If you're here this morning and you need direction, you need guidance in your life. If some of you this morning are feeling kind of lost, maybe in, in a, a direction of life, you can call upon the name Jehovah Ra. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He leads me beside green pastures. He leads me beside uh, still waters. So again... 
This is why the names of God are so important. So if you're needing healing, if you're needing peace, if you're needing guidance, uh, there, if, if you're needing victory, um, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is our banner. The Lord is our captain. The Lord is our victor. That's what that name Jehovah Nisi means. Now, again, God reveals that so that when we find ourselves in a place where we're needing victory, we call upon that particular name. Does that make sense? Good. Because I was out of illustrations. <laughs> the name of the Lord. Or you could even say the names of the Lord. Are a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. This morning I want to look at the name El Gibor because some of the names I just mentioned, they're names I've talked about before. They're names that probably a lot of you are familiar with. So my goal is I'd really kind of like to maybe talk about some of the names that you're not so familiar with. And the name El Gibor uh, is, we translate that in the English as um, mighty God. So whenever we say the name mighty God, what we're actually saying in the Hebrew is El Gabor. El being God, Gabor being mighty. And when those two names come together, El Gabor, we are talking about the mighty God. And in that name, God is adding more depth. He's giving us deeper insight into his nature, his character, his attributes. He's saying, not only am I the God who heals, not only am I the, the shepherd who leads, not only am I the God of peace, the Lord of peace, Jehovah Shalom, I'm all of that and more. I am also El Gibor, mighty God. The various names, again, that God reveals to us, it's showing us how he functions as God, what we can expect from him. So the first time we find this name, El Gabor, in the scriptures in reference to God is Deuteronomy 10, 17. Now, again, I always go back to where does the name first appear because there's a reason, there's a context why God's using this situation to reveal a new side, a new, a new uh, insight into his nature. And so, again, we find it there in Deuteronomy 10, 17. And there it says, for the Lord your God is the God of gods. He is the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, there's that Gabor, and the awesome God who does not show partiality nor take a bribe. Now, again, that name Gabor in the Hebrew, it means champion, someone who is a warrior, he is a conqueror. He is like a hero. So in reference to God being El Gabor, it, it is God is, he is the mighty champion. He is the warrior of all warriors. He is the conquering God. He is our divine hero. Now to understand why this name El Gabor first appears in Deuteronomy 10:17, again, just go back and look at what is the context, what's happening in, in this particular story that, that causes God to just say, I want you to see this new 
revelation into my infinite being. You go back to Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 1, and it really kind of begins to give you the context for this name of mighty God, El Gabor. And here is Moses is speaking to the nation of Israel. And he says, hear, O Israel, you are crossing over the Jordan today to go into disposed nations greater and mightier than you. Great cities fortified to heaven. So the context here is, is the nation of Israel, they're getting ready to finally cross over into the promised land. They've been wandering for 40 years in the desert following their freedom from slavery in Egypt. And before they step over kind of that territorial line, before they go from where they are to where God is taking them, Moses takes this opportunity and he says, before you go into the land, before you cross over that boundary line, I just need to remind you of a few things. And so God, so Moses is beginning to kind of give them this pep talk, kind of like a fireside chat. And as you read on in chapter 9 and, and into chapter 10 of Deuteronomy, Moses kind of begins to recount, he is bringing to their remembrance all that God has done for them as a nation over the last 40 years. So Moses, he kind of begins to go back and, and he recounts for them and he remembers their deliverance from the bondage of slavery uh, in Egypt. He reminds them of crossing through the Red Sea, how God conquered Pharaoh's army, how God provided them with quail and manna, how God provided them with water through a stone. Um, and, and, and that's just to name a few of the many things that Moses brings to their remembrance. And he's reminding the nation of Israel don't forget the Ten Commandments that God gave to us as a nation. Not just once, but twice. And Moses recounts for the entire nation of Israel all that God has done to bless them and to bring them to where they're now ready to go into the promised land. And it is in this context that Moses, for the first time, reveals to them God as El Gabor. The mighty God. He is your conquering God. He is the warrior of all warriors. He is your divine hero. Now why is it that God is having Moses give forth this particular revelation to the nation of Israel? Well remember, not only are they going into the promised land after waiting 40 years... But one of the first things, you got to get this, one of the first things they are going to encounter when they step one foot into that new land, that new territory, is they are going to face enemy nations that are greater, more numerous, stronger, and mightier than they. And Moses is basically taking that opportunity before they go forth into this new land telling them, I want you to remember, do not forget all that God has done for you in the past. Because God is going to continue doing 
the same and more as you move into this new territory, this new chapter of your history. Moses takes this opportunity, he speaks to the nation of Israel, and he says, when you get into the promised land and you come face to face, when the reality comes to you that you are now facing nations that are sworn to your destruction, these nations are greater, they are mightier, they are stronger than you, they are fortified to the heavens. Do not worry. Don't fear. That'll be, that'll be the temptation. It'll be very easy when you get in there and you do see how great, how mighty, how strong, how fortified they are. It will be a natural reaction to go into fear, worry, anxiety, depression. What did God do? Why did God lead us here? Moses is saying, remember what God has done for you in the past. Because he is the mighty God then. He will be your mighty God now. And he will be your mighty God as you go forward. No matter how great, no matter how strong, how fortified, how mighty they are. Moses says, El Gabor, the mighty God, is the mightiest of them all. They may have some great warriors in their nation and their armies. But none of them, all of them together, don't even come close to how great of a warrior El Gabor is. So Moses, he's cautioning them. He's saying, as you move into this new territory, this new chapter, this new history, that's going to be filled with all kinds of new opportunities and challenges, remember, don't forget, take comfort in the fact that this mighty God, this champion God who sustains you in the wilderness will be the same champion God who will sustain you in the promised land. Moses says, as you continue to move forward, don't forget the past. Don't forget God's faithfulness. Don't forget God's provision. So Moses wants to prepare them for what's ahead by reminding them of what lies behind them. Tell them you're busy. I'll be done in 15 minutes. Call back. As you continue to move forward, he says, don't forget the past. Because the same mighty God, the same El Gabor that fought for you there is the one that's going to fight for you here. And he'll be the same one that's going to fight for you there. So when you come face to face with the enemies that are waiting for you just over the border there in the promised land. He said, rather than get all fearful, all stressed out, all anxious. So just take peace, take comfort, take strength, courage in remembering that the one who delivered you from all of your enemies in here, Egypt, is the same God who's going to deliver you and protect you and give you the victory here. Some of you here this morning, you can relate to this. Some of you this morning, you are facing challenges 
You are staring in the face of opportunities this morning that are frightening to you. They may be financial challenges. They may be medical issues. They may be relational obstacles. And you look at this right now and you're just paralyzed. Maybe you're kind of just in a place of fear, of worry, anxiety, doubt. And you're standing there and you're facing that giant. You're looking into the eyes of that enemy. And you're tempted to go to a place of fear, of worry, of anxiety. That name, El Gabor, can do the same for you today as it did for the nation of Israel then. Is again, remember, don't forget, don't cast aside God's faithfulness to you in the past. Don't cast aside God's provision for you in the past. Remember that. Use that as an encouragement for where you are now and to where God will take you. Because the God who was faithful to you then is the God who will be faithful to you now. And he is the God who will be faithful to you from that point forward. God never changes, the scripture says. God is faithful, the scripture says. Even when we are not faithful... For God not to be faithful would require God to deny himself. And God cannot deny himself. So it's an encouragement to us. As we read this story, as we see the context. As we understand the story of how God is revealing himself. For us to be able to take strength, to take courage, to take hope. And maybe whatever giants, whatever enemies that we are facing today. To say the mighty God, our, my conquering God, my warrior God, my divine hero. Then is the same today and forever. So Moses takes that opportunity and he says, before you go forth. Before you walk into that new territory, that new chapter, that new place in history, remember. For some of you this morning, the best thing you can do this morning as you face that giant is to remember your past. To remember past faithfulness of God. If you're here this morning and you're in need of, a, of a, maybe a financial miracle. God's brought you to this place here this morning. He's provided. He's met that need. You're here. And God just wants to encourage your heart this morning to say, as I was faithful then, I will be faithful to you today. And I will be faithful to you in the future. I'm done. I got my point across. I'm going to invite the worship team Back up on the platform. I had probably, I only really got about halfway through. But for some of you this morning, that's probably enough. It's interesting in Isaiah. Isaiah gives us a, a picture of what the Messiah, the one that God was going to send to redeem mankind from their sins. And Isaiah kind of gives us a description uh, of what the Messiah, what God is going to look like. 
And I love in there, in Isaiah 9, 6, this is a, a scripture that we use a lot during Christmas. And there Isaiah says, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, El Gabor. Jesus is El Gabor. Jesus is here this morning to just meet you in that place of his mightiness. Jesus is here this morning to fight on your behalf. His name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus said in John 10.30, he said, the Father and I are one. Also said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So just as they saw El Gabor in the Old Testament, we see El Gabor in the New Testament, in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, I never change. If I was your mighty God yesterday, I will be your mighty God today, and I will be your mighty God all of your days forward. So I just want to invite you this morning because I called forth some very, very specific things here this morning. Salvation. There are some of you here this morning, you have never, ever made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Jesus came and he defeated the enemy. Jesus came, it says he bled, he died on a cross. His blood was shed so you could be forgiven. That, that your sins could be cleansed, that your sins could be washed away, that they would not just be washed away, but it says that God will not remember them anymore. Man, that's, that is a mighty God. Some of you are here this morning, and, and you just have never, ever put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as that mighty God, that God who came, who loved you, who died for you, so that you could be forgiven of your sins, that you could have a relationship with God the Father. That's a mighty God who can take you from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light. That is, a, that is a mighty God who can take you from a place of unrighteousness because of your sin and bring you into a place of righteousness because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because you have called upon the name of the Lord, El Gabor, Jesus, the righteous. Man, if you're here this morning and you're in a place of unrighteousness, you're in a place of sin, you call upon the name of that mighty God whose blood was shed for you. It is a strong tower. When you run into that name, El Gabor, man, the righteous run into it and are safe. That is a mighty God. Some of you are here this morning, you're struggling with sickness and disease. You don't need to. Because the same blood that was shed to forgive you of your sins is the same blood that was shed to bear and to take away your sickness and your disease. That is a mighty God. Some of you are here this morning. You're just in a place of unrest, of doubt, of fear. Jesus is here. He said, I am the great shepherd of the sheep. 
I am Jehovah Ra. I am the shepherd David talked about in Psalm 23 when he said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. And if you're here this morning and you need peace, Jesus is your peace. That's a mighty God. So I'm just here to tell you this morning, whatever your need is, God has provided. The scripture says God has provided everything you need for this life and for your godliness. Think about that. Anything you have need of this morning falls in one of those two categories. You're thinking about something that you need for your life. You're maybe thinking about something you need for your eternal spiritual life. The Bible says God has met both of those. That is a mighty God. So I just want to just invite you this morning, if you're here and you just need prayer for salvation, prayer for healing, prayer for peace, prayer for guidance, wisdom, whatever it is, God has it in abundance for you this morning. And so I'm just going to invite you to come. We're going to pray with you. We're just going to take our authority that has been given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. We're just going to step into that. Five more minutes. We're just going to step into that this morning. And we're just going to begin to speak and to believe and to pray that God who is faithful will display his faithfulness to you in this moment, in this need, in this place, because he is El Gabor, the mighty God. Amen. Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Father, that you reveal yourself to us. God, not just to show us how mighty you are, but God, in that revelation that we have been invited in to partake of what it is you're showing us. And this morning, Father, as you just reveal yourself, as Jesus reveals himself to us as the mighty God, you're not doing it to show off, to show how great you are, but God, you're doing it to show how great you want to display yourself in and through our lives this morning. Father, I pray for those this morning that just are in need of salvation. Father, open the eyes of their heart. Father, maybe there are people here this morning that have, have walked in covenant, walked in relationship with you. And God, for whatever reason this morning, they've walked away from that. And God, you're opening the eyes of their heart again this morning. That you were their mighty God then, you'll be their mighty God now. And that, God, you have made a provision for them through the blood of Christ to be forgiven, to come back. Father, you have revealed yourself this morning to be a God who not only bled for our sins, but also bled for our healing this morning. And, God, you want to reveal yourself. You want to show up as that mighty God in healing this morning. God, there may be needs here this morning, needs I didn't even mention but God, their needs you've made provision for. So God, I just pray, Lord, as we come and we encounter, as we just call upon that name, El Gabor, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, God, whatever name you revealed this morning, whatever need reveals itself this morning, that God, you have provided for that and more. And Father, we thank you for that provision. We thank you for those riches that you have given to us through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that as children, you've made us co-heirs 
that what is his is ours this morning, Father, and we want to step into that inheritance. We want to step into those blessings. We want to step into those promises, and we want to claim them because Jesus claimed them for us as his children. So, Father, we just thank you. We just ask, God, that you would just come and move on our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have needs here this morning, also communion is here this morning. No greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life. The Bible says that God proved his love. He didn't just say, I loved you. The Bible says he proved it in the death in the giving up of his life for you. That is a demonstration. It is a manifestation of how much you are loved. So as you come this morning, maybe you're doubting the love that God has for you this morning. No greater love than this. And as you come, you just ask God, would you open my eyes? Would you, would you give me a glimpse into that immense love, that burning love, that desirous love you have for me. And I just pray in that encounter, in that moment, as you take that bread and you just dip that in the juice, I just pray that God would just open the eyes of your heart, that in that communing with him, there would come a confirmation, a demonstration by the Holy Spirit that you are loved. You are delighted in by your heavenly Father this morning. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.